Doug Tyrrell History and Comment is available on Google Podcast. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Monday, the first day of May, 2023. In the year 1006, Chinese and Egyptian astronomers independently record a supernova in the constellation Lupus. It's May Day, a celebration dating back at least to just before the time of Christ, the earliest celebration, roughly halfway between the spring equinox and summer solstice, was to the Roman goddess of flowers, Flora. Later events about the same time were to the goddess of agriculture, Ceres. This is where we get the word cereals. We could go down a rocky path talking about Ceres. She was part of the Aventine Triad, a group of deities often related by function. The Aventine Triad dates back to at least 496 BC. There were other triads in the Greek and Roman pantheon. This fact should not be lost in casual reading. The idea of a triad of gods is not unique to the Greco-Roman period, but is common in all religions that are polytheistic. Back to May Day. It seems that most cultures across Europe had some traditions related to the day. Flowers were a common theme, in more recent times, it has been associated with workers and a major celebration in communist countries and features large military displays. Christopher Columbus is presenting his case to Spanish Queen Isabella in 1486 for a western route to India. The idea that the world was flat had largely been dismissed, and even the circumference was closely calculated. Sadly, Columbus messed up on his math, it should have been known the distance west to the Indies was much further than he had calculated, and that something was there was reasonable. But hindsight is 2020, if not better. Isabella will fund the expedition in 1498, and of course it will be an additional three years before he gets underway. 1707, England and Scotland agree to form the Kingdom of Great Britain. England seems to be happy with the arrangement, but Scotland has a long series of examples of buyer's remorse over the deal. Spanish Catholic missionaries established the mission San Antonio de Valero in 1718. It was one of five missions in the area of the far-flung and isolated areas of present-day Texas. The mission will become known for the cottonwood trees and get the Spanish name the Alamo. The British Empire abolishes the slave trade in their realm in 1807. It was largely an effort to curtail the wholesale movement of slaves from Africa to other regions. It did not outlaw the practice. Those who benefited from it were tenacious and very reluctant to surrender without a fight. This included kingdoms in Africa. One of the largest misconcepts was it was Europeans going ashore in Africa and rounding up Africans and loading them on ships. The groundwork was between African tribes. As evil as the Europeans were in the matter, the infighting and treachery between tribes was greater. The effort in Parliament was led by William Wilberforce. He was devoted in his religious beliefs and practices to the point he was disdained among other members of Parliament, much the same way many evangelicals in public life are today. We quoted Dennis Prager the other day that society will level the charge of too religious, but never too secular or humanist. We have talked of the Brothers Grimm and their collection of fables and folk stories. 
1852, they are being a bit more practical in their efforts and publish a German dictionary. The Chicago Board of Trade opens in 1885. The Chicago Board is much like the New York Stock Exchange, except they originally traded contracts for the purchase and delivery of agricultural products like grains. Over the time, they've expanded into metals and treasury bonds. The building is topped with a three-story statue of the goddess Cirrus. Every journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. On this day in 1920, Babe Ruth hits his first home run as a Yankee. The Yankees go on to defeat Ruth's former teammates, the Boston Red Sox. The Empire State Building is dedicated in 1931. Batman makes his debut in issue number 27 of the Detective Comics in 1939. It's amazing how many classic stories are quite old. The creative folks do not seem to have the same level of creative ability of past generations. Consider maybe the greatest motion picture of all times, Citizen Kane premieres in 1941. It was co-written, produced, and directed by Orson Welles. He also had the lead role. Despite, despite its critical acclaim, it did not make a profit at the box office. Fifteen years later, it will be re-released and then go into the black. Larry King was a 21-year-old doing odd jobs at a Miami Beach AM radio station on this day in 1957. The son of Russian Jews, he had a desire to be in radio and a high school education. He moved from New York City to Miami, Florida, hoping for a chance in the emerging market. On this day in 1957, a morning announcer quit abruptly and King was given the job. Moments before the station manager thought his birth name of Ziegler was too difficult and suggested King. A U.S. spy plane is shot down over Russia in 1957, creating an international incident. Fidel Castro proclaims Cuba a socialist nation and abolishes elections in 1961. The same day, the first U.S. plane is hijacked to the island nation. Fred Rogers, also known simply as Mr. Rogers, advocates before Congress to fund the public broadcasting service in 1969. I want to talk at length about toxic masculinity in the state of society, but that talk will take too much time and there's a more pressing subject at hand. The big story in the news this morning is the shooting in Cleveland, Texas. The media will not be saying much about the case where the guy shot six neighbors execution style. Not even that one was a nine-year-old child. What is being published is the victims were from Honduras. They had asked a neighbor to stop shooting his rifle near their house as one of the children were trying to sleep. That is not uncommon for 11.30 at night. In fact, it's quite common and a very reasonable request. The neighbor came back in a shooting rampage. Reports say the victims were killed at close range and quite deliberately targeted. Some even suggest that, considering the skill he showed and his intoxication level, he had extensive training. If that is with the cartels, is purely speculative. Of course, immigration officials will not comment about the status of the victims or shooter. No matter, it's illegal to shoot people. Depending on the bias, CNN offers no mention of the shooter's background except his name is Francisco Oropesa, age 38. Don't forget, this is alleged, not proven in court yet. On the other side of the debate, 
Fox is reporting Oropesa was here illegally and had been deported five times in the past. That tidbit seems to have originated with a tweet by Senator Ted Cruz quoting an ICE official. The truth here is difficult to determine. Clearly, there are biases. CNN is certainly left-leaning and will fall lockstep and downplay anything that makes the left look bad. Fox, on the other hand, will also play up their talking points. Some of this is just human nature. What is clear, our border is wide open, and there are a lot more folks streaming across than is healthy for our society. Some percentage have little regard for the idea of law and order. Some do and just want to make a better life for themselves. Then there is a faction that is clearly exploiting the loophole, actually a superhighway, to bring harm to America. CNN et al. will not discuss the known terrorist found crossing. Folks, the first job of any government is to protect their borders and population from foreign forces, especially if those forces are hostile or malignant. The influx from the South may be more malignant than outright hostile. The state of affairs and parts of the culture south of our border have little to offer in terms of cultural enhancement. They are largely lawless or at least have less respect for law and order. Some of that element have been seen across our country. When we still had a daily fish wrap locally, it was alarming how frequently ethnic names were showing up in the police report. And driving while never having had a license was a frequent charge. Or see how easy it is for you to take a rental car across the southern border. Some places are just lawless or worse, corrupt. Now, in all honesty, the current immigrants are not the first to have something of an issue with this. There's a phrase that the Irish built the jails in the largest cities of the East, a nod to the Irish construction labor pool in the 19th century. But it goes on to state, quote, then they fill them. That phrase can have two meanings and either may apply. Those cities' police forces have historically been dominated by Irish. At the turn of the 20th century, 70% of New York's finest were Irish immigrants or first-generation Americans. But it can also imply they were the inmates. Some will argue the stereotype of drunk and lawless Irish is a pure myth. Certainly, America had a bias against them for decades in the late 19th century. The American experiment of a melting pot to forge a diverse, unique culture has been largely successful. But to work, it has to be a melting pot. The study of metal alloys is interesting. Even a small percentage can have a significant effect on the final alloy. While bare steel will rust almost while you look at it, the addition of 10% chromium will make it stainless steel, much harder and impervious to rusting. And the steel? That's iron with the addition of carbon and maybe some other minor elements. At the very least, the shooter was known to the local police. That's history and comment. For the first day of May, I'm Doug Tyrrell. Now go do something worth remembering.